0: Hello, this is Mary Lindo. I am so pleased that you are joining me for this week's teaching podcast. This podcast is prayerfully created each week with the intention of giving you a time of resting in the Lord and for allowing Him to speak into your life through three to five minute messages and prophetic impressions and insights. Each message is meant to assist you in cultivating your love for the Word of God. Combined with the power of His Holy Spirit confirming His words over your life Gather your Bible and a cup of coffee or tea and take a few minutes each week to sit back and allow the peace of God to wash over you As you enjoy soft background music that inspires a restful time of worship and tender moments with the Father Son and Holy Spirit and Now let's begin this week's podcast. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Today's podcast is titled, Attracting the Eye of God. And this is part one of um, probably a three-part series. God's eyes are searching to and fro over the earth, looking for a heart that is fully His. This is Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. What caught his eye when he came to Deborah? Was it the uncompromising fire of holiness, an unwavering faith, or an unrelenting love that set her apart? Or was it something about the integrity of her character, the depth and integrity of her wisdom, and the richness of her kindness, which produced confidence in both men and women? You know the Lord is so jealous for each one of us to love Him and know Him, and when we start to move away from Him, well, He allows evil kings to oppress us. The Word tells us that God is the one who appoints evil kings and magistrates, but He also raises up the godly judges and kings. And Deborah was the fourth judge, and for the first twenty years of her forty-year reign, the nation was oppressed. By one of history's most powerful and cruel Canaanite kings, Jabin, and his sneaky military commander, Sisera. This is in Judges 4, verses 1 through 4. Deborah somehow captured the heart of God, and what is amazing is that the Lord raised up a woman to deliver a nation. What is especially surprising is that it happened in the Middle East thousands of years ago. Deborah was not only a wife, a mother, intercessor, and prophetess, but also a judge and a national deliverer. That's not a bad resume for a middle-aged woman living in that oppressive Middle Eastern culture. And against great odds, God used her powerfully. Deborah broke outside of her culture But she wasn't in rebellion, she was in obedience to her God. She was used radically and set her people free, and the people loved her. It's a wonderful story or testimony of faith in God, and it champions men and women partnering together in a war to save their nation from great oppression. You know, when we read about this revolutionary prophetess and judge, It expands our religious studies of women being allowed to lead in government. But I really feel that God is raising up a troop of end-time Deborahs. There is a great global shaking that has only just begun. And the Lord is calling not only the men, but also the women of God, and the Lord is saying, Wake up, Deborahs, be a part of the army of the Lord. There are two root words for consecrate in Hebrew. Naver, N-A-V-E-R, which means separating from, and Kadesh, separating unto. Deborah, like the other defenders of the faith, was separated from the world and unto God. She did nothing on her own, but she spoke just what the Father taught her. You see, this is where the true victory lies in listening to him. I'd like to take a look at Deborah's work history. You know, we tend to think of multitasking as a 21st-century sensation, but Deborah was functioning in five major roles. First, she was an intercessor. Many scholars believe that one of Deborah's roles before becoming judge was being a lamp-lighter in the temple. In the Bible, oil is often a symbol for the Holy Spirit. Deborah was married to Lapidoth, whose name means shine, lamp, flame, burning lamp, lightning, torch. Isn't that interesting? He too was a lamp that had oil. Deborah was a keeper of the oil and light, carefully tending the lamps. This shows us that she was a woman who was passionately spending long hours dwelling in the temple. She was a woman of prayer and of worship. Now she lived between two villages, Ramah and Bethel, and Ephraim, which means the Valley of Fruitfulness. Biblical names often have pretty profound prophetic meanings. The ancient village of Ramah was known to be the seat of high adultery, and Bethel was known as the house of the Lord with open heavens where Jacob had his latter experience in Genesis 28. She stood in the gap, interceding between the seat of high idolatry and pagan worship and the house of Bethel with its open heavens. Ah, now the picture becomes a little clearer as Deborah was raised up by God to intercede against idolatry, Rama. She wanted to turn the hearts of the children of Israel back to the house of God. Bethel, to inherit a double portion of fruit, Ephraim. Deborah's relationship with the Lord was very precious and intimate, and I believe that in those twenty years of captivity, Deborah stood in the gap and interceded to change the course of Israel. God promised Abraham in Genesis 18 that he would save a nation for the sake of ten righteous men, and I believe that the righteous prayers of Deborah meant much. She worshipped and had a deep intercessory life with God. She would go into the temple and fill the lamps, I think, with oil and ask God for revelation for people around her who were in great darkness. She was prepared in this secret place as she stood in the gap in desperate intercession for her people and her nation. She would hear from God and then would bring down great wisdom and counsel. She spent long hours in the temple. And this dedication moved the very heart of God and it changed the very heart of Deborah. He led and she followed. Then she led and Israel followed. I think oftentimes we have the misunderstanding that worship is merely that 30-minute time slot before the sermon when we sing songs of devotion to God. This is part of worship. But doing small things with great love unto Him is living a life of worship. Deborah was a worshiper who loved the oil of the lamps, the Holy Spirit. You know, we need to be like Deborah, a people of prayer. Sincere and passionate prayer is the key to unlock our relationship with Almighty God. Many of us struggle with praying because, well, You feel like your intercession is not much more than empty cries to an invisible God who seems so distant. We think that our prayers bounce off the ceiling and back to us unheard and unanswered. But, beloved, God loves conversing with you. He promises that He will hear you and answer. It only takes a few seconds of a face-to-face encounter with God to change the course of human history for you for your city or your nation. In fact, connecting with God in prayer is the highest purpose for which you were created. John 17:3 says it. This is eternal life, to know me. Our hunger for God is what fuels our prayer life. And when his presence is our passion and our hunger is for his heart, we can approach the throne of God boldly with the confidence that our Papa loves our prayers. But having this first love is so important. For Deborah, intercession was an exchange of ideas in which God began to download strategic battle plans like blueprints from heaven and keys to open doors that no man can shut and shut the doors that no man can open, Isaiah 22, 22. How else could she have so wisely judged so many civil cases with the Israelites unless she received it from God? We'll go on to part two in our next podcast. You're not going to want to miss this. This is good stuff. God bless you and have a great day.